I wish that the like perspective that um, the way we talk about this industry was like really, really clear to me and people like me as like a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Because it is, it was just not. But that's the opportunity. I know. But the but you, you have to understand it's 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 systematic. The system is designed to. What are colleges for? Colleges are not to go make people more successful. Mm-mm. Colleges are to print a workforce for corporate America. That's it. Mm-hmm. That is it. And they're getting worse and worse at it. And they're getting worse. There's just less, there's less opportunity. You used to be, yes. you go to college, man, you're going to get a job. You went to college. Yes. So the, yeah, the product, it's only getting more expensive, but the quality is getting worse. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's designed to go print people for corporate America. High schools have basically become feeders to putting people into college. And um, you know, college is a huge business. There's a lot of billions and trillions of dollars involved in higher education. Mm-hmm. And sure, I'm not saying like the educational system or all these educators have these negative intentions. I'm just saying systematically, it's designed to make money and they're incentivized to make money. And then in turn, high schools are incentivized to send kids to college. That's how they're graded these days. Yeah. And that's how they're funded these days. It's all money. And so why would I educate kids on doing anything but going to college when I'm funded based on how many kids I send to college? And when I, when I believe that college is the path to success. So there's no incentive. Yeah. There's no incentive there to teach people about this stuff because that's just not how the system's designed, right? But that's the opportunity that we have in front of us. And- a lot of people ask me, hey, why don't you go talk to teachers? Why don't you talk to guides counselors? We can do a lot of that. But I think that is, you know, uh, it's just one brick at a time. Whereas this whole social media thing in the online world, it's given us access to every high school in America right on our phones. So why don't we start there first, create a line of direct communication to these high schoolers, be on their phones every single day of the week and go in that route first. Mm -hmm. I just view that as more practical and from my perspective, more impactful than going from guidance counselor to guidance counselor who's incentivized to counsel kids on go to college, go to college, go to college. Mm -hmm. And I'm all for college. Go to college, but go to it like I've said a hundred times to learn about you as an individual and then figure out what you want to do. Don't go to it thinking you're going to get this amazing product. That's going to get you a hundred thousand dollars a year out of school in whatever you studied. Cause that just doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Completely made up. And yet people still subscribe to that storyline. What's hard about that approach is that like there is even more privilege attributed to that now than ever. Mm-hmm. You know, because it used to be that obviously if if you grew up, you know, wealthy or, or semi-wealthy, whatever, and your parents could pay for your school, then like you had the ability to go to school and either screw around or just not take it that seriously or just get to know some friends and get to know yourself and then go find out what you want to do. Or there was the people who, you know, had to take out a bunch of loans or hustle to get scholarships or whatever it is. But like typically those people were more 
had like more direction. It's like, well, if, you know, if I'm taking out these loans, it's hopefully for a reason and not also to just get to know myself. Cause then that racks up a lot of debt, which I, and I now the, the, yeah. the, the, if like the major point is to get to know yourself and, um, get to experience the world outside of like your family home. Like that, to me, that, that sounds like it makes it even harder for people who it's a real challenge to afford it in the first place. Totally. Well, but yeah, and I, I'm just, I speak on this from a very entitled perspective and I'm at least aware of that. Sure. Very, very entitled. College was just, it was just like going from middle school to high school. There wasn't an option. You just go from, from one grade to the next. That's all college was for me. And that's just how I was raised was you just go from a senior in high school to college. Like I didn't even, I didn't even understand there was another option. I didn't even understand you couldn't go to college. Are most of the people at ASU from Phoenix? A lot, a, a lot, but there's a, a, I mean, it's the biggest university in the United States. Really? Yeah. Okay. By student body. Over a hundred thousand kids. Shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of international, a lot from, from all across the board, but it's just, it boggles my mind how there's this huge push for let's uh, discharge student debt, let's make college free, this and that, but no one's questioning the cost of college in the first place. Like you can just Google the cost of college versus impl- inflation and look at it and look at the graph and be like, wow, that really doesn't make sense at all. Mm-hmm. And it, Funny enough, it correlates with the timing in which the federal government started handing out student loans. Because now this unlimited tap of money was turned on to these colleges, and now they have the ability to charge whatever the hell they pleased because the federal government was paying for it. And people are still going to want to go to those schools just as much. Exactly. Um, on Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, Revisionist History, he, he goes in on uh, elite higher education all the time, which I just find really, really fascinating. But he did an episode this season about how, um, I think it's the, the magazine was like Business World or I can't remember exactly what the name of it was now, but this magazine's claim to fame still to this day is the like top 300 universities in America ranked. Mm-hmm. And he basically just interviewed a lot of people about like, what is this? Yeah, And it comes down to the ranking comes from all university presidents voting on where they think colleges should be ranked. They don't go to those colleges. They've often never been to those colleges. It's all just like the inherent reputation of all these things. Yeah. And there's like a very convenient um, ranking that almost lines up perfectly. That is like size of their endowment for each school. Correct. It's like with the, they basically took the model and said, well, if, you know, this low school that actually has really, really good grades and has re- super high job placement that's not necessarily that popular or that famous, but is, you know, really serves the, their community in a way that maybe larger schools don't. If their endowment was much higher, just based on the model, they'd be higher ranked. Mm-hmm. And so, like you're saying, it's, it, it's all about the money, man. It's all about money. Yep. Once, like, I, I had that revelation probably like, I've really started to understand it over the past 12 months. And once you start just looking at the dollars, everything starts to make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get really pissed off, start researching endowments and go look at like the Harvard endowment. It is insane how much money these, these, these schools have. 
in like insane in cash. It's it's in not a credit cash. line. It is a it is cash. It's hundreds of billions mm-hmm. of dollars. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Or the joke at ASU was on all the buses and all ASU advertising is number one in innovation, ranked ahead of MIT and Stanford, I think it is. And right. And you're like, wow, that that is really cool. We're number one in innovation. That's that's abs- that's actually that's it's fantastic. And then you think about, it, you're like, what the hell? What does that, that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what is a number one in innovation? Like that is that is completely made up. Completely made up. I, wh- like, what are we even talking about here? It's similar to when we said that we have like the number one dirt podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like compared to what? Like, I don't know. We just like feel like it's cool. Well, no, it's all these. <laughs> Like I started to realize that most of these awards are just paid for. Yeah. You pay to win awards, which I didn't, I thought you won awards by merit. And since we started a business, people approach us all the time where, yeah, you could be featured or you could win this award or so on and so forth, but you essentially pay for it. Wasn't there something, it might've been Sergeant or Midwest Mole, but somebody that like they work with reached out to us saying, you know, they would love for you to be featured in such and such like pamphlet or literature because you're such like a valued vendor. And really it was, do you want to spend a couple thousand dollars to be in this magazine? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, why and do we do that? Well, it's a total, yeah, it's just total appeal to their ego too. Yeah. Cause they make it look, you look, you look really professional, really cool. Mm-hmm. They spend all this money on maybe professional photography and long. I mean, this is it's like words. the exact same thing as go to like, a high school production of a play and like the program that has ads for like local photographer or yeah. it's the exact same thing. It's yeah. the exact same thing. That's crazy. Uh, but anyway, that's our college on that's our discussion in college for today. Welcome everybody to the internal build with podcast. Mm-hmm. It is I Aaron Witt. Joined by my co-host, Alex Horton. Good morning. We are not in the build with studio today, man. We big liars, us big liars. <laughs> the, the previous, previous, last ever podcast in my house. Um, you know, we we recorded one in the studio, and then the fire marshal decided to show up today, which is good news. Yeah, that's that's only good for us. It's only good. That's the second to last inspection we need to to make the thing an actual office. Hopefully, it we pass with flying colors, and then hopefully we are back in the studio on the next episode of the internal podcast. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, because I think it, it it'll be like a two weeks or something before we're able to for before you and I are both in town at the exact yeah. same time. I have to do the northeast next week and then yeah. I'll be back the following week for just two days and then I go. I'm actually out of town to those two days. Both of those days? Uh Monday, Tuesday? The week before you and I go to St. Louis. Oh bummer. Well, no, sorry, let me say this. It's I'm out of town Tuesday and Wednesday. After Labor Day. We're, like, ske- we're scheduled for a remote podcast. Are you around Labor Day? mm Shoot. Bummer. I know. Are you around that weekend? No. Nope. Bummer. Sorry, man. All right. We'll make and it You work. travel more than I do, but- I know. Yeah, it's cool. We got it worked out. That's why I sat with Jessica for like an hour yesterday. Just being like, okay, what do we do about this week? What do we do about that week? Figured it out. Yeah, because I was supposed to be in town for that week and then some opportunity. Yeah. (laughs) Funny enough, with Arizona State University came up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that old place. Yeah. 
I'm filming with them. Would you ever donate money to Arizona State University? I don't believe in that. Good. At all. I love it. I, I have acquaintances in town who um, grew up pretty affluent and are now themselves part of affluent communities and give a lot of money to their high schools, their private high schools. Mm-hmm. And I do not understand it. I don't want to go back yeah. into that. Yeah. But just because you said that, so I'm thinking about. I just, I'm all for giving money, but I think that's a. Let's give it to somebody who needs it. <laughs> that's a terrible. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a big fan of that kind of stuff. And I, I think I, I think I decided that because they, ASU had the nerve and I don't know if they screwed this up or what, but they called me a month before I graduated college and they asked me if I wanted to donate. Like, no, I don't have any money. Because I was an, an alumni. They asked me to donate before I had graduated college and I sat on the phone. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? What, what? What are you what are you asking me like this is this is insane. Well Yeah. Um my wife gets a call about once a year from the University of Alabama asking if she wants to pay to be in some sort of alumni like directory. She's like, "Why would I ever pay for that?" She's like, "I paid to go there." Like that certainly has to cover if you feel like my name needs to be in this online directory. I don't know, man. It's dumb. Yeah. Anywho, so you're traveling. It's fine. We got it all worked out. Things are good. Jessica's a rock star, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I have to work on something with her, I say half. Every time I get to work on something with Jessica. There we go. She's extremely valuable to our company. Yeah. I just want to say on her behalf, yeah. Yowza. We, we need her really bad. Even though your first thing you said about her to the company was, she's my assistant. Yeah, and it's now not, she's like all over the place. She's well, she's all over the place, but we're gonna get her refocused. We're gonna get an admin for the company, sure, and and she really is gonna focus on you know being. And I I don't like saying it's like my executive assistant. I get what you're saying, but I recognize that I and mostly because I travel so much and have so much going on, I just needed help. I yeah. needed help, so it was you know. I could have given myself a hell of a raise or I can find an extraordinary individual like Jessica to, you know, Hey, here's what I have to do in a weekly basis. How can you help out here? Because I know I need help. I don't know how to get you involved in this, but here's what I got. Please, please help me somewhere. And it allows me to be so much more effective in the business. So much more effective. I'm like on the verge of like, a nervous meltdown when I look at the mechanics of your calendar. It's it, but I, I, I mean, I quite literally just look at my calendar now. That's what I do. Yeah. She, she keeps everything in so much order. And I like, it gives me, it gives me legitimate anxiety to think about what it would be like. Well, you were scheduling it, what, six months ago or eight months ago? I I don't know how, I don't know how it all functioned. I have no idea. No, no clue. No clue. That's not even me being, Humble. It's like, I don't even know. I don't know. It was just like, you know, day to day, like, well, I can make this happen. I'll try to make this happen. <clears throat> no, it's just, it's so much, it's so helpful to have someone helping me out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have a question for the podcast that I was going to do a little bit later because I, but I think it actually follows up to this really well. Mm. Um, what kind of boundaries do you feel like you set or should set in regards to like the business and like your life, if any? I don't. There aren't boundaries. There just aren't. I but but <clears throat> for me, it's it's kind of like a do as I say, not as I do situation. It, and, and it comes from a, like, I started this fucking company. I signed up for this. This is my job. Yeah. My job is to be the company 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's what I signed up for. And I'm cool with it. I'm not sitting here complaining about like, oh God, I just have so much work to do. And I hate working Sundays or whatever. Like, that's what I signed up for. That's what I do. And that's what I like to do. I just like to do it. I mean, that, and this, it sounds bad, but it's like in past relationships, I've gotten in trouble because I just want to work. Like, I just want to work. And I'll be, <laughs> and I'm going to have to learn otherwise one day. But, you know, I'd be sitting at brunch on a Sunday with people I don't even enjoy, just sitting there. And if I don't want to be somewhere, I don't hide it all that well. So just kind of miserable. Like, I would much rather be working right now. I have a lot of stuff I'd rather do. And I got stuff I got. And no wonder all that didn't work out all that, all that well long-term sure. because it's just, this is what I want to do. So there aren't any boundaries because it's just, my life is the business is work right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, down the road, I've kind of set a age, like 30 years old to take inventory and reevaluate yeah. where the hell I am. But until then, my thought is let's just go f- Fucking nuts. Yeah, pedal to the metal. And see where I can get. Do you think your multiple cell phones are a form of boundaries? Um, a little bit, yeah. I, and I'm not saying there's no boundaries. Sure, there's there's boundaries. Um, like there's non-negotiables like me working out or that kind of stuff. Or like this weekend I'm going, um, you know, I'm I'm going to uh, New Orleans with Kevin, which will be fun. Mm-hmm. I try I try to do stuff, but I don't know. I think the whole boundaries thing is made up by people that I've never, uh, I've been around a lot of very highly accomplished people. They don't ever talk about boundaries. Sure. <laughs> because there aren't boundaries <laughs> when, when you're at that level and it sounds extreme and it's a tough pill to swallow, but with where I want to go, I've had to choke it down be like, Hey, this is, this is it. This is it. Mm-hmm. I feel you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like when you're talking about, really highly accomplished people who, you know, don't subscribe to, or to the idea of like having real boundaries in their life. I mean, you do, you do sacrifice things and you've talked about that before. You have to sacrifice things. Yeah. People think that you can have everything. And that is so, so false. And some of the most highly accomplished people I've seen have some of the most fucked up lives. Seriously, they're fucked up. And I don't want that either, but there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of darkness that comes with it. It's like the um, like Tiger Woods is a great example, yeah. a great example where I don't necessarily agree with what he did, but I sure as hell don't agree with how the guy was roasted for it. There was nothing illegal about it. It was immoral, sure. It wasn't a great example, sure. But at that level, there's there's some dark sides to it. Well, yeah, I mean, after all that comes out, I feel like the the way he should be 
should have been seen is like, well, he's just kind of, a, I guess, a shady guy personally. And instead, it was like, how dare he do this to yeah. us? It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And it's the just guy, kind of a different thing. I mean, the guy's still the greatest golfer all time. Mm-hmm. Or like Michael Phelps, he got caught smoking weed That's and was completely skewered for it. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah, the guy smoked weed. Maybe I don't necessarily agree with it. Have I ever smoked weed? No, I've never smoked weed. I don't, I don't have an interest to, but yeah. shit, if the guy wants to go smoke weed, that's his prerogative. Is it, is it, you know, frowned upon? Sure. But he's still the greatest Olympian of all time. Well, it doesn't make you a better swimmer. No, <laughs> I, I just, that's what I, I struggle with a little bit. I, it's, it's all these, all these people. And I think it's, it's from a, a, a weird sense of uh, regret that they know these people are just maxing out their life. They know that they probably could have done better in certain areas, but they haven't. And so to make themselves feel better, they need to go shit talk others. Yeah. I don't get it. And I am not one that says everybody else needs to live the way I do. I don't believe that. That's where it's like reading about Bezos and you see Amazon's culture now. You can, it's directly representative of where it started with Bezos. Mm -hmm. Bezos, he wants everybody to just work as much as possible. And if you don't, Get the fuck out. Yeah, you must not be as serious as I am. So he, he's yeah. a ruthless son of a bitch. He's not a nice guy. Not a nice guy. Do you see those pictures of him wearing that stupid cowboy hat? After? Yeah. <laughs> it was so dumb. No, but, but, he, like but he, he got there by, by pressing people as hard as yeah. he possibly could. And when they couldn't do it anymore, he got rid of them and got someone else. That's how they've done it. And look at their workforce right now. Look at all the terrible, terrible stories yeah. of all the... Like there's that big, um, that, that that big protest about how terrible their their warehouses are, and and the drivers shitting in bags, and because they're, you know, they're threatened to be fired if they don't assemble furniture in under eight minutes. Yeah. Per couch, it's it's insanity, um, and so he, you know, he's an extreme human and expects everyone else to be extreme. I have a particular set of standards. And I think we have very high standards at this business. But at the same time, I don't expect everybody to be as fucking nuts as I am. <laughs> and if they want to be, great. But if not, hey, if you want to you do your work in a, a reasonable amount of time and then go be with your family the rest, the rest of the amount of time and work is not number one for you, yeah, that's cool. Work doesn't have to be number one for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've definitely found myself lately um, being more available than I probably feel comfortable. A little vulnerability for the podcast. Yeah. We don't have much of that around here, do we? Not much at all. It It's become probably a little too normalized for me to like, after the kids go to bed, my wife and, eat, wife and I eat dinner. It's like, well, I got some work to do. And so I feel like what I'm like wrestling with this week is, is that because I didn't structure my day earlier better? Or is it because I feel like I owe this to what we're doing? Or is it because I just, didn't get as much done as I wanted. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I haven't asked myself that question for a while because it's like, well, there's just more to do. Yeah. But you also have to ask, it's like, is it getting in the way? And is it, you know, not aligned with where you want to be? And if it's not, that's a problem. Yeah. But if you're doing everything you need to do from a, like, you know, parenting perspective and a life perspective and, and you, and you just enjoy working too, like working late's not a bad thing no. if, if it's aligned with where you want to be. But if you're like, hey, I really don't want to be working in the evenings. Okay. Yeah. Then that's a different. We need to turn it off and we need to figure out how to be more effective while I'm working. Yeah. And 
maybe I'm getting distracted or maybe I need to spend more time in an office setting or whatever it may be. I mm-hmm. need to leave my house. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's also, it's like the whole working all the time thing. I don't, I don't wear it as a badge of honor. I, I, I don't at all. It's just what I like to do. Um, but there's these weird societal norms out there of like, we're supposed to work a lot, but then now working a lot is bad. And it's like, I don't know which one's right. I don't know. It's like, well, there's no one size fits all. It's like, what works for you? I don't know. No. Um, I feel like as a culture, we seem to be really um, preoccupied with efficiency mm-hmm. to where it's like, you know, a lot of people push back against working more than 40 hours. Like that's, you know, is, or should we have a four day work week? And it's like for like that principle to exist, it's like, well, your four days have to be even more efficient than ever. Yeah. There seems to be something in it, like a, a, almost an obsession with that, like, well, how much more can I get done in this dis- defined amount of time? There's that because that's driven by the industrialization and that kind of thing. But then there's also the, you just need to grind. Like, mm-hmm. brother, you got to fucking grind. And, and, and so there's also that mentality too of, yeah, no, I, I, I worked fucking 85 hours a week or this week and you feel like a badass. And there's a lot of that in the construction industry mm-hmm. where the more you work, there's more honor and pride associated with it. But that's not necessarily a good thing. It's yeah. not necessarily to just be running around. Like I do a lot of work and I'm busy, but I'm not that busy at the same time. Like if I need to stop and do something or take care of somebody or have a conversation with somebody or whatever it may be, I can. And everybody's like, I know, I know you're really busy, but this will just take a few minutes. I'm like, dude, just like, I'm not, we can, we can talk or people message me all the time and I'll just, I'll shoot my cell phone number. Yeah. Just give me a shot anytime. I'll get back to you and I'll get back to him. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm really not out of control right now, but you talk to a lot of business owners that do seem completely fucking out of control, completely out of control. And that for me, at least would be a bad place to be. Yeah. Like I'm busy or I have a lot going on, but I also feel like I'm in control right now. It's not like I'm just running around my hair on fire. Yeah. Do we have any questions? Yeah. So that was one. Oh, great. Um, and then the second one. Oh, okay. So a couple of weeks ago, you at the team meeting um, in Nashville, but you've mentioned, mentioned it once or twice since you've mentioned a feeling of you, th- you feel like the team is sometimes like working too hard on things that maybe like aren't as worthy of that hard work. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that a little better? Because I, I've, I was trying to think like, do I understand this? And I don't know that I do because I think to me, it feels like, well, I just have more stuff to do. So I should just work hard on that too. Yeah, so I, just, just, I just don't know. It's know. just like a philosophical thing. It's just, we need to start asking ourselves, is everything we're doing contributing to the mission? And is everything we're doing making sense for our business? And Dan and I just had this conversation today. We were like, man, you know, the Bergs, the, the KLEs, these smaller contractors, they take up a lot of time and we only lose money. And can we keep afford? Can we afford to keep doing this? Or I was talking to Lori the other day about yeah we there apparently there's a lot of companies that want those videos that were shown at DCA, and we're, I mean we're going to have a lot of work. And I was just like, well, why don't we just charge double for what we just did? Why not? And so then we'll have less to do, 
but we'll be making twice the money. Yeah. There's a fucking concept. And I'm saying that to me, not, not to Lori, yeah, yeah, obviously. And, and so it's, it's really just that it's, <laughs> I, you know, from a profitability standpoint, we're, we're a ways off, which is okay. That's how businesses operate. We've t- yeah. We yeah. talked about so that. So this isn't sure. a crazy concept, but we're not a ways off because we need to go add a bunch more people and infrastructure. I, I, I think we do, we do need more people and we get that. Trust me. Like I am the first one to understand we need more people. I get it. And we are adding people as sustainably as we can. I, I promise you, I promise you, we're not just expecting everybody to just go flat out indefinitely and, and looking at payroll and how to get payroll down. I want payroll to go up and up and up and up and up and up. I am excited when, when the payroll number increases and when that full-time number increases. Trust me, I'm the, I am the most excited about hiring people. I want as many people here as possible, as many as we can. We also are, are trying to operate a sustainable business. <laughs> and, and those two things, they sometimes fight. And, and sometimes you need to focus on one until you can fo- to, to, to be able to focus on the other. So we can't get as many people as possible if we, if we don't figure out how to make our business sustainable. So there's a gap. And I, I really think we can make up that gap and become profitable by just being smarter about what we're working on and why we're working on it. And that just starts with everybody asking, hey, does this really make sense? Is this really the best use of our time? And I use that example with NACO. And that's, you know, Caitlin talked to Amanda. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe this isn't the best, best time for us to, to work with you guys to go take all their executives' portraits up in North Dakota. Yeah. So we're going to go tie up that's a, a valuable asset of our business, tie up for executive portraits. That doesn't really make sense. That doesn't necessarily further our mission. And it's just not a, a, not a good use of, of resources. So that's all we need to start asking ourselves. It's, it's not, and, and, and what we're doing is not wrong, but, and I get worked up about it because I see everyone working so hard and I see the path to victory, the path to profitability. And I see it being, I think we can work less and be more profitable. And so that's why I get fired up about it. There's a sense of urgency there. It's like, shoot, I don't think we need to be this burnt out to get to a very sustainable place. Mm-hmm. So that's where it comes from. And it's really just a philosophical thing. It's really just starting to ask ourselves, is this really impacting our mission? Or, you know, a company like Wittek right now, it's like, do they really fit long-term? for how much we're getting paid, for how much effort we're putting in, for how dissatisfied both parties are. Is this the best use of our resources? Yeah. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. And so all if we can say no and free up all of those resources and go dedicate them to more effective places that are more profitable for the same amount of energy or less energy, okay, like charging twice for DCA videos. That's not insane. So we're doing the exact same amount of work for now twice the amount of money. That's a pretty good idea. And that's not insane. No. That's really not. Well, that's aligned with what I think you and I talked about maybe last week or two weeks ago about how that moves us further and further away from commodity work. Yeah. And more like they're paying for this because of like that like intangible quality that you can't just go get somewhere else to pay the, pay that same amount. Yeah, like like DCA is a great example. 
Some, you know, Nick Blunt, Randy's brother called me the other day. Hey man, I just saw, I just saw Mears truck. Did I talk about this? I might already mention this, uh, but I'll just, I'll just yeah. draw an example from it. So he called me, Hey man, I, yeah, I just saw Mears truck and I would have, I would have never known who those guys were if I didn't just see your video. I think you posted it on Slack. Okay. I'm with you. <laughs> That's value that another group cannot create. And these like a mirrors is billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. So that's why I don't like getting trapped up in what's the market rate for a video? What, well, what's the market mar- market charge? I don't, I don't know. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Cause here's what ours are going to cost. Yeah. This is what it is. And we give you a hell of a lot more value in return. And if that's not enough, okay. And like, I was just joking with my friend, Kevin, you know, I got off a, like a sales call before this and he's like, did it go well? I was like, Maybe, you know, maybe they give us money. Maybe they don't. I'm not going to stress about it. Yeah. If it's the right fit, it's the right fit. If it's not, it's not. We move on. Okay. So that's what I mean by, by that. Yeah. And, and it's not like I'm trying to say it in the most, it's coming from the most caring place when I say that. And it's not, <laughs> I sincerely appreciate all the work that's getting done right now. And I know that it's all necessary. I get all that. I understand that, but I'm coming at it from a, Hey, I think we can, we can be a lot more efficient here. And I think we can just be smarter about what we do. And so it's not to downplay anything we're already doing right now. Mm -hmm. It's just to say, going forward, let's just, let's just ask ourselves, is this the best place for our resources? Now that we have the ability to ask ourselves that now that, holy shit. Okay. We did just choke down all of NACO and we just got all these brands knocked out and these videos and all these websites. Okay. All right, we have this bandwidth now. How are we allocating, reallocating that bandwidth? And how are we taking on new projects? How are we pitching ourselves to companies? That's just all stuff to consider. And I do think that with when you're growing a company, and because we all we all are growing this company, you know, it's certainly not just on you or Dan or whatever. Is we have to get better at like how and when to say no, and I, I speak about myself just as much as anybody else. Yes. But you can't say no. You can't learn to say no until you do it and you figure out that didn't work. Yeah. So this is part of the process is taking on as much as we can and really figuring out what's good for our business and what's not good for our business. And we're at a place now where we just need to be smart <clears throat> and create a sustainable business because that's in everybody's best interest. And sure, we're a growing business. We ask more of people than a lot of businesses ask of their people. But I think it's a fair fucking trade. I think we pay people well. We really take care of them from a benefit standpoint. We empower them. We give them a sense of responsibility. We give them a very fair set of values to fall. We give them a higher sense of purpose. We give them the ability to really leave their mark on the world with everything they do every single day. That's a lot more than a lot of these other companies can can give people. So sure, we're not for everybody, but I feel like it's a pretty good value proposition. It's yeah, you know, hey, at times you're going to have to work more around here than if you go to work for Bank of America. Yeah. But I promise you, this is going to be a hell of a lot more rewarding than Bank of America. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, all of our people like matter way more to our company than anybody who would ever work at Bank of America or anything like that. You know, it's, you no. Know? I think we all have like a direct like attachment to you know, the good work that we're doing in a way that I think would just be impossible to get at most other places. Yeah. And that was the one thing I wanted to brainstorm. And I brought this up before Mm -hmm. is I really want to start drawing a more direct connection to the impact we're making in the industry. And I think the podcast is a means to do that Okay, rather than 
just talking about it as we find people whose lives are different because of BuildWit, I think we have them on the internal podcast even for just 10 minutes and allow them to tell their story. Cool. Yeah. And so people can start hearing from the people in the dirt world whose lives are different because of our work, because there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those individuals now, which is really cool. And it's only accelerating as we do more creative projects, as leaders rolls out, as everything we do rolls out. There's a lot of people that have a completely different life because of the work we're doing. Um, side note, I've been emailing with Matt Bochtel this week. Yeah. And um, I had mentioned, you know, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Um, and multiple people have like brought him up before he was a founding member. I mean, it was, I think somebody who works with him was just like, Matt's a, a killer guy, um, really, really good guy. And he would never say that about himself, but he's like, but he's would be a great pod- podcast guest. I'm like, okay, sure. Um, his daughter, Emma, has submitted a question that we've done on the podcast before. So yeah. I said, you know, maybe we could have both of you guys on the podcast, you know, from a different perspective. You both. And he was talking about, he's like, well, Emma's actually away at school. It might be a little harder to get, make that happen. He's like, but um, because of BuildWit, she changed what she wanted to do with her life. And I was like, have not heard that one to me, like said to me before, like yeah. radical. Yeah. And it's because like, you know, obviously she's exposed to it in her own family, but I think it's just a different thing if it's from somewhere else. And so um, she, I think she'd probably be a perfect choice to have, you know, somebody really young who like has a direct, like, I grew up in this. I didn't want to do it. Listening to the podcast, getting to know more about BuildWit. Now it's something I want to do. Yeah. You know, so I think that's a great point. We don't necessarily have to have that section on the podcast as we just talked about but no I, I i'm fine with having on the podcast I, I i want people to think about it I, that's i really want to start drawing that more direct connection with yeah. we talk about making the dirt world a better place but a lot of people have asked so when do we know we're making it a better place we're making it a better place today we made it a better place yesterday we're going to make it a better place tomorrow yep and i think it's our responsibility especially the medium like this to go find those examples and show them to our our people because it's very real i love that i love that yeah and it, it doesn't have to happen every episode, you know, maybe once a month. Well, and the other nice like thing that. is it's like we don't have to like set it up to be while we're recording the internal podcast. No, it's be no. like, hey, can I get you on the phone for 10 minutes and I'm just gonna record it? Yeah, and maybe it's just, you know, a 10 minute episode for the internal podcast. Yeah. It's not like we're limited to how many sure. episodes we upload. We don't even need to make it work with this format. We can just throw it up there. Yeah. Love it. Cool. All right. Uh well, I think we're probably to where we need to stop talking. Yeah. Um, thanks everybody for the the thoughtful questions. Yep, thanks y'all. Thanks for the work. Thanks for the intention. Thanks for everything. Um, I try to say it as much as I can, but I don't think I can say it enough. So thanks for everybody for all that you're doing. And if you have more questions, send them on to alexbuildit.com and we'll see you on the next episode. Stay dirty. Stay dirty, everybody. Stay dirty, everybody.